0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day in this special broadcast. My guest is going to be Cash Patel. Finally, got him here on the channel, and what an auspicious day to have an interview. We just had the not guilty verdict in the Michael Sussman trial. We're going to hear Cash's thoughts about that in just a moment, but first, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Well, it's summer, and the hottest temperatures of the year are just around the corner. And that means costlier power bills for both of us. Except this summer, the bill could be a lot higher than usual because of the Biden energy crisis and the increased cost of materials and supplies across the board. In fact, one power company has even increased rates by as much as 50% during peak times of the day. And this is why I highly recommend visiting EasySummerCool.com. This amazing 4-in-1 portable AC unit is a portable, easy-to-use mini air conditioner. I keep mine on every day. It sits right on my desk and blows chilly air into my room for several hours. I'm saving a ton of my power bill with just the flick of a button. This AC unit works as four devices in one: an air cooler, mist cooler, air purifier, and air humidifier. Anyone who wants to save on their power bill should have one in their room. Learn more by going to easysummercool.com, and you can even save 50% off right now by ordering before Father's Day. Once again, that's easysummercool.com, and when you support my sponsors you support this channel no problem all right so welcome back everyone to another episode of red pill news as always i'm your host zach payne the corruption detector and joining me today is uh, someone who needs no introduction but let me just say this uh former federal prosecutor and a federal public defender worked in the nsc was chief of staff to christopher miller also an aide to devin Nunes. Highly instrumental in the Russiagate investigation, a name to certainly remember, Cash Patel. Cash, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me and appreciate that uh, intro. Uh, interesting day to be chatting with you, I guess.
0: Huh? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, they say things work out the way they're supposed to. So I suppose I should uh, begin by asking what are your initial um, <laughs> impressions since we had the uh, acquittal of Michael Sussman today?
1: Uh, uh, Look, as you said, look, as a former federal public defender and a prosecutor in the National Security Division, um, I could not articulate it any clearer than the following. It's the biggest miscarriage of justice I've ever seen uh, in my over a decade um, as a judicial officer. Uh, Talk about a
0: jury who disregarded the hard facts. It presented them in black and white showing,
1: demonstrating his lie and the gravity of it. And they just tossed it out in a matter of an hour um, because they were never going to convict him. It is just a loss to the integrity that any integrity that might have been left for so many Americans, faith in the system. And me as a guy who was saying we can still prevail in these matters, it's just a verdict that um, it doesn't speak to any justice. It speaks to the complete politicization of our judicial apparatus. And that's that's a loss for us. That's a loss for everyone.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. It's a loss for the country as a whole. You know, a lot of people were very worried about the judge and about the jury. And, uh, you know, of course, I I had, uh, uh, you know, limited hope. I wanted Michael Sussman to be convicted (laughs) because the evidence was clear as far as I was concerned. But I'm not entirely surprised by the verdict. Now, We have the uh, Victor or excuse me, Igor Danchenko case that is uh, about to come up. I mean, I think preliminary began on the uh, uh, April 18th. So we should be seeing the Danchenko trial pretty soon. This is in a different jurisdiction. What are your, uh, you know, your hopes for how that's going to turn out? Is that going to make a difference because it's not in D.C.?
1: Well, you know, having tried some 60 some cases before juries across America, Um, yeah, you know, there are jury pools that aren't great for you, but I did, you know, I was, maybe I was naive. I thought even in my experience, I thought you could find one juror who's willing to apply the facts and the law in the case, even in the district of Columbia, but I guess I was wrong. Um, That, that shifts uh, pretty uh, large in terms of jury pools. When you go across the river to Virginia, because your pool is much different uh, when it comes to political background. And so you know, I, I'm not going to go out there and blame John Durham and his team. I think they presented a marvelous case and a fantastic prosecution. Mm-hmm. They just literally had a jury who broke the law and their oaths. And um, and I think this, the, the show will be different for Northern Virginia. It's just entirely different. There literally is no place on planet Earth quite as liberal and political as the swamp. and That made that bring that case here all the more harder. One day I'd like to sit down with John Durham and ask him, you know, why why he didn't just bring it somewhere else? And it's probably because he's too much by the book. He's too much of a straight arrow kind of guy. Um, and, and that's why he probably did that.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that that I was wondering myself. I mean, it, it seems just kind of logical to assume that the swamp is going to protect the swamp. I think that the biggest lesson we can take away from the result of this case is that a D.C. jury is never going to convict a member of the D.C. swamp. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm wondering, is this going to make a difference uh, in terms of what Durham is going to do in the future? I mean, we have a lot of cases hopefully ahead of us, a a lot of possible indictments, a lot of people who deserve to be brought to court as a result of what they did to not only President Trump, but our country. Are we going to see these new cases, you know, hopefully coming down the line in different jurisdictions or, uh, you know, what is it that decides where the case is going to be held?
1: So, yeah, not to get into the whole jurisdictional nexus of it all, but federal cases that can be brought in a multitude of ways where the crime was committed, where people live, where the where the something was purchased for the crime to be committed. And, you know, there's this thing called in the, in the Federal Prosecutor's Manual from the Department of Justice, basically, you know, it has the Washington, D.C. is the district of original jurisdiction for matters such as these. But it's not the sole one. And that's the why I've just, you know, John Durham knows that. But I think he's too much by the book. He said, "Well, we're going to do it here, and we're going to just we're going to show the world um, it works here too." I don't know that it impacts what he's bringing after, uh, because he was able to put out a lot of information in this case in which he showed the world that he is conducting a large scale investigation and what the the advantages of a conspiracy case is it can be brought um anywhere any part of the conspiracy occurred so if some guy you know moved through you know southwest utah for a split second you can bring the whole case there and maybe he has that figured out i don't as I, I mean one day I'd love to sit down with this guy uh, but uh, I think he just uh, you know sh- you know and I'm sure that the Department of Justice who oversees him probably made it tough for him to maneuver too much if at all because they didn't want this case brought period um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to say for me that it impacts harshly what comes down the road what will be impacted is is anyone's in any and everyone's belief in whether or not this is even worth it anymore Certainly. at this point
0: yeah yeah I a lot of black pills out there on uh, truth social today um so yeah <laughs> it, it, it comes with the territory though you know i mean we've it, and, and the thing about it is we've been we've been kicked while we've been down for years now And uh, that was one of the most disheartening things for me is is watching people's worst fears come to pass. You know, and I don't want people Mm -hmm. to think that there won't be some justice that comes on down the line, because, as I said, there are a lot of people who broke a lot of laws and and there's ample opportunity to to try them. And, um, you know, let me ask you this. Um, What would you say about the speed with which Durham has begun to bring these cases? Because clearly this is an investigation that's been going for a long time. Do you think that bodes well for justice coming for additional uh, co-conspirators? Or or do you think that uh, this in any way hampers uh, uh, the ability for us to get justice?
1: Well, I think it hampers the ability for people to think we might not even have a chance at it what john what John Durham has see, set up behind the scenes only he knows he he has his plan laid out, and I'm sure and knowing him and the way he prosecutes cases, he's going to stick with it no matter what. Um, but I do think it's going to, you know, say we see another indictment in a month or two or a couple more indictments. People are, most people are going to be like, well, great, here we go. Michael Sussman all over again. You're going to prove to the world that this, this man's a criminal and, or this woman's a criminal. And, nothing's going to get done about it. That's the problem. That's the biggest tragedy because we've de- we've deteriorated American faith in our judicial system. And I don't think people realize the magnitude of that harm. And if the shoe were on the other foot using a silly colloquial you know, there's not a jury in D.C. that wouldn't convict you and I or or, or anyone who or anyone who wanted to see uh, actual justice carried out. And that's that's what ticks me off the most. I've been a member of the being a judicial officer for a decade is just um, even the guys on the left who are defending this case, they even know quietly they totally robbed um, the justice system today they won't say it publicly but I know the I know these guys and I know their lawyers and that's what they're doing and um, it'll be interesting to see if they take a victory lap or if Hillary Clinton out there now all of a sudden decides to run for president which might actually be the only trade-off I'd be willing to accept for our for assessment acquittal
0: <laughs> so uh, I'd like to ask you about some of the the, the points that came up during the trial. Was there anything that was that was presented from the prosecution? Say, as an example, uh, Robbie Mook's admission that Hillary Clinton personally okayed the release of this Alpha Bank hoax to the media. Can that be used to prosecute Hillary Clinton down the line? Were there any other bits and pieces that came out that you thought, hey, that's something that'll be uh, useful in another case?
1: All of that is what we call sworn testimony under oath against the penalty of perjury. So that's all evidence. And you can and a smart prosecutor uses all of that stuff to build further cases. I also don't know that they expected Robbie Mook to say that because he was a defense witness. He wasn't called by John Durham. He was called by the defense. So there's a mountain of information they got that John Durham was able to put out there, just like the transcript of the deposition that I took of Michael Sussman four years ago when I was a chief investigator for the Russiagate investigation for Chairman Nunes. I got Sussman to admit under oath that he went to the FBI with the alphabet server information on behalf of the client, client being Hillary Clinton. That was the crux of the lie. The jury was shown the paper, the pages of that transcript. I, Michael Sussman under oath, swear to this testimony. And, um, and basically they just said, well, the heck with that. We don't care what the paper says, even though it's the defendant's own sworn testimony, but it was information that got out there um, in the public sphere. That was a good step, but, You know, accountability um, isn't complete unless you have a conviction in criminal court. That's just how the way that's just the the way the public sees it. And rightfully so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, you got to go respect the judicial process. But, uh, you know, even me, I was the last guy fighting for the the integrity of the judicial process. And I don't know that I can do it anymore. And that's that's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's it's horrible when you think about it, because. We've been talking a lot for years about this two-tiered system of justice that we have, and it was seemingly completely confirmed today. Like, it's case case proven. Uh, there, There's no way that it seems mm-hmm. people we can argue it anymore. No, you're
1: right, and I don't know what the argument is. Now, they're going to go out and say, oh, well, you know, of course, he went to court, and he was acquitted, and, and – Nothing, nothing to see there. Well, he's not a federal convict, but that doesn't mean he didn't lie to the FBI, waste millions of taxpayer dollars. um, And Hillary was in on it from the start. That doesn't erase any of that information. And so, you know, it's going to it's going to it's going to lose a lot of people's faith. You know, the few that we had left. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to be more of a well, you know, let's quote unquote, burn it all down. And that's just not good for us, period. Yeah. And there's going to come a point in time when the Democrats are going to cry out for justice in a similar fashion. And we'll be pointing directly, directly to the Michael Sussman case um, and his acquittal uh, when that happens. But uh, for now, it's uh, it's going to make our road a lot heavier to, to to walk down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly getting in front of uh, the cameras all the time and, and having to... I guess, rally the troops, uh, make people, uh, I guess, see the the brighter side of things, the things we have coming down the line. That that definitely gets a little bit tougher every time something like this happens. Um, Let me ask you this. Rodney Jaffe, uh, the crimes that he has likely committed, I'm certain that he's going to be indicted at some point. Um, What kind of criminal charges do you think Rodney Jaffe could be facing?
1: Well, the same, he could be facing charges for lying to the FBI or lying to law enforcement. But I think he could be facing more charges along the lines of if he's in the criminal conspiracy, the joint venture conspiracy that uh, what's his that John Durham has sort of outlined in previous pleadings. And that's the more, you know, he he John Durham told a federal judge that Rodney Jaffe is a continued target of my criminal investigation, which is a large part of why Rodney Jaffe pled the fifth in this case to be to preventing himself from being a witness. So it's uh, it's just uh, he's got a lot of problems and people, you know, and I didn't even know who Rodney Jaffe was and we subpoenaed those records from the justice department and the FBI years ago when I ran the case, when I ran the investigation, that just goes to show you how much Chris Ray and Rod Rosenstein and those guys hid from Congress and it's subpoenas and there's no outcry of course from Congress now, that those subpoenas were violated because uh, they, they would have ignored to the benefit of the, you know, of the Republicans, but they would have ignored to the benefit of the truth. And it's, 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 it's just another example of why people can't stand Capitol Hill, Congress, DOJ, FBI, you know, everything in Washington. And uh, I don't see it going up in our direction anytime soon, but I don't think that John Durham will necessarily be deterred by this result. Um, He kind of just marches on, (laughs) as he always has.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's had a a pretty stellar record as a prosecutor, I think, up until this point. And and I would hope that any cases that he brings after this are going to be perhaps stronger, maybe some more severe crimes. Um, What do you think is the logical progression here of the prosecutions and indictments? Do you think that uh, we would see we would continue to see individuals being indicted or do you think that we would get to that overarching criminal conspiracy and a a, a larger case uh, before any of that happens?
1: I um, mean, you know, it's tough to say. I always thought he was going to bring sort of a larger style criminal conspiracy and he can bring them one at a time. He can bring them all at once. It's sort of up to him if he has the, the facts to support it um, and build it slowly over time. Uh, you know, he could have used a conviction in the Sussman case to see if Sussman had any information that he wanted to provide to the government in exchange for some leniency. But that opportunity is gone. It You know, it's really hard to say. But the one thing that, you know, continues little hope if any is the amount of information that john durham was able to unearth that we should have had for years and were and it was hidden from us so you know he's got fbi witnesses testifying under oath that they're under federal investigation for lying during this entire criminal act um he's got documents and evidence coming out that were never before heard of even though they were asked for by congress by subpoena he's got witnesses locked into the grand jury for going back a year or two, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen to the likes of Fusion GPS and and um, Jaffe and all the other members of the Clinton Clinton world that he's zoned in on, Jake Sullivan, Robbie Mook, and the, and the like. And there could be so many other characters. And I didn't even know of these FBI agents that that were quote unquote leading this investigation. They never told us these were the leads, and that we haven't even talked about Strzok and Page and and Andy McCabe. So you know while i think i would be able to bring cases against all of them that's just you know me thinking it i'm not a doj anymore i'm sure if i were they wouldn't let me but uh but the only guy that may have a chance at that is durham i just don't know i don't know where he's i don't know where he's at
0: so i think that the the that leadership in the fbi is certainly something people want to see uh getting indicted and and being brought to the mm-hmm. to, to have a case put against them, uh, you know certainly uh, the fact that we learned uh, that, that the that. Uh, um Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Joe Pienka, was it uh, that uh, yes. uh, that said, you know, you have to investigate this? And it was quite clear that they were covering up exactly the, the provenance of the information. Um, you know, I, uh, if those people are indicted, would that be, again, part of a larger? I'm so sorry. My dogs are barking. Hey, you guys. It's stop. okay. No, it's all right. <laughs> it's all good. Stop. So um so yeah would that be part of a, a larger criminal conspiracy or would they be indicted based upon individual crimes uh in terms of like misleading the FBI I I don't know what they could be charged with
1: well both, right, potentially. If if they lie to the FBI for sure, if they have individual crimes and that's what a conspiracy requires, okay. is someone to commit an act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Now that that act doesn't itself have to be unlawful if the conspiracy overall is unlawful. So it just varies. If you assisted them in perpetrating that crime by, you know, carrying a thumb drive from here to there, even though you didn't really you weren't you yourself weren't breaking the law, you can be rolled up in the conspiracy charge. But if you actually flat out lied to federal investigators you could be charged um i just think he has to get more creative on where he brings these prosecutions and not rely solely on this you know thing we call uh quote-unquote original jurisdiction in dc there's there's other ways to do it um you know i used to do it as a prosecutor but this is what happens when you put a guy who's just by the book in charge of a you know the largest investigation in modern U.S. history, even though it's the biggest one. He doesn't change his tactics. He goes by the book. He, John Durham. And uh, that's what you get in, unfortunately, D.C. juries.
0: So I want to roll it back a little bit earlier, because before John Durham uh, was on the case, I guess, so to speak, um, there was the investigation of uh, John Huber. Um, Do you have any knowledge about how Huber's investigation might have ended up dovetailing with John Durham's investigation?
1: The best I know is that John Durham took, took that entire thing over. I don't think Huber's, Huber's not doing anything anymore, the, right. the, from my understanding of that world. So um, while, while Huber was producing some good information, um, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, almost positive, John Durham just basically took it and said, thanks, and we'll, we'll take it from here, which is what I think happened when he, beca- he John Durham, became special counsel.
0: So if there were crimes committed by the uh, Clinton Foundation and and Bill and Hillary outside of specifically this conspiracy to attempt to destroy President Trump or stop him from even becoming president, um, would that necessarily be a separate case or would they try to bring all of those things together, do you think?
1: No, I think that's way separate. I I mean, if such a thing exists, I don't know that it does, but it would be way separate.
0: Okay. all right. Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, Do you remember the name Nate Kane, by chance? Nate Kane, he was he was a whistleblower from the FBI. And uh, I don't know if this would have been during your time um, working with Devin Nunes, but he had brought uh, some disclosures uh, to uh, Devin Nunes and and, uh, the Security Council um, regarding terrorism financing that specifically involved uh, the Clinton Foundation. Uh, And just recently, there was a Muslim Brotherhood member who was uh, arrested and and, uh, jailed for 15 years in Egypt. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because Nate, uh, after he made his initial disclosure, brought the information. And I I guess that uh, Devin or, or someone working with Devin had asked him to go back and get more information And then he was never able to get it to them. And shortly after that, he was raided by the FBI. And, um, you know, it's it's obviously a huge declaration. Uh, The Clinton Foundation had a Muslim Brotherhood member on the payroll. Uh, It had been looked at by analysts and and labeled as terrorism financing. Um, But again, nothing ever came of it. And I just wondered if if you had uh, any connection to that case or, or knew anything about it.
1: I mean even if I it doesn't recall it doesn't sound familiar but even if I did if you know it came in under the whistleblower protection statutes I yeah. I wouldn't be able to speak to it. Okay. Um okay.
0: even if I did. All right. All right. Uh so l- just thinking about these uh additional cases that were going to be coming up if you had to make any guesses on who would be most likely to be indicted who do you think who would be on your wish list? Ugh. I mean, it's not even, it's
1: just like a wish list. It's a guy,
0: you know, I, I encourage people to go back and read the Nunes memo yeah.
1: and even watch the plot against the president. Basically, we've put all this information out on DurhamWatch.com for free for the world to see all the transcripts from our investigation, including Sussman's, uh, Robbie Moog, Podesta, Sullivan, Fusion GPS, all these characters. The world should be able to educate themselves um, on this, and that's why we put it out on DurhamWatch.com. But, you know, I've always said the biggest in this, in this entire criminal conspiracy where Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and Fusion GPS with uh, the, what's the guy's name, Glenn Simpson and Peter Fritsch, and then a couple of other ca- low, lower-level characters, but not necessarily lesser in culpability. If those guys were to be convicted somehow or charged, and then then that's a, that's a massive move towards um, the guys that actually took down... Um, the the justice department's uh uh, integrity by taking clinton world paid sussman to go get they brought it into the the judiciary and got surveillance warrants and things like that they were the you know the next level in my turn in my mind in terms of uh criminal criminals above the sort of the sussman based criminals and and those people need to be brought to justice but um I don't know. I mean, now and you know, now I'm coming off the heels of writing the Russiagate children's book, The Plot Against the King, which I hope everyone goes and reads, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you want to simplify it so much that we did. And it came out a week or two ago, and it's the number one children's book in the world because why shouldn't kids be told the truth? And I think if you want, you can go out and find it. You can go out and read the documents and see for yourselves who should be indicted and, and see for yourselves you know, why the Nunes memo stood the test of time because we put out the truth. And that's the whole point of that book is it's not po- – and Republicans but it's you want your kids learning the value of the truth and it's worth you know going out and figuring it out on your own and not just believing whatever you see on TV and and uh, you can get your copy at com. it takes place in the medieval times we've got uh, Duke Devin and Wizard Cash taking on a shifty night and Hillary Quinton. I think the kids love it the illustrations are great
0: it's a great book, and it's definitely a, an excellent message for the children, especially in today's in, insane woke world uh, with the way that kids are being yeah. groomed and uh, kids are being propagandized, too. Uh, it, it seems like there's a concerted effort by uh, you know elements on the left to brainwash our children and create what is going to be mm-hmm. the next generation of, of leftist agitators.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and just today, uh, the woke industry struck again. The publisher of my book, Brave Books, who does wonderful work in the children's book community—one of the best in business—Google suspended them from their entire platform oh because gosh. of the plot against the king. Um, and now, now they are not not surprising, but the big tech is coming after the education of our children and our youth because they don't like the narrative, not because it's false because they don't like it and that is sort of why you know truth social is so popular right now and people are just sick and tired of being told what they can teach our kids what they can read and that's the value of platforms right truth social and that's the danger of places like google and facebook and even twitter um you know it's just uh it goes along with everything we've been talking about in the sussman case uh the sussman case is another version of how clinton world and the media can dictate um a, a miscarriage of justice.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've basically been controlling the, uh, uh, the the free flow of information in this country for for quite some time. It, you know, myself and mm-hmm. many of my colleagues, we were deleted from uh, Twitter, uh, deleted from YouTube. Uh, many of them who had Facebook accounts are no longer on there either. So I, I am so grateful for a platform like Truth Social, and uh, I'm really also grateful that, you know, we have a a new place to interact and a place where we can speak our minds and, uh, you know, get back those uh, levers of control over the uh, information that we choose to consume and the information that we hope to put out. Um, Let me ask you this, Cash. Uh, Several months ago, uh, when your website had uh, debuted, you had a contact section for people to reach out if they had been suppressed. Mm -hmm. By uh, big tech and by the uh, the mainstream media, yeah. And like I said, I I, I was deleted October fifteenth, twenty twenty, from YouTube with nearly three hundred thousand subscribers, mm-hmm. and then from Twitter just days before the election with uh, two hundred thousand followers. And wow. and they did a, a really good job of shutting down all discussion about the corruption of the Biden family and uh, the Democrats as a whole. Um, you know, where is that case? Uh, you know, what's happening with that and and is Is there still an opportunity for people to reach out and uh, become a part of it?
1: Yeah, I think you're referring to fightwithcash.com and that's, that's my correct. charitable foundation that we've set up. Everyone can go there for free, fightwithcash.com with a K. We're still our, our effort's not stopping and, and it's not going to slow down because of the assessment verdict. Anyone who's been defamed or deplatformed, we think needs representation in court if there's a legal cause of action. And the problem is those things cost money, and and you know, most Americans don't have that kind of money for those lawyers. So fightwithcash.com exists. I go around the country with my team, we raise money, we file lawsuits lawsuits in court. Uh, where you have a legal cause of action. And everyone can send in their case, the summary of their case for free. We'll review it for free. And if you have a cause of action, fightwithcash.com will pay your attorney's fees for it. So I encourage people to go to the website, reach out to us if there's something. Not every case has one. In fact, unfortunately, most don't because we actually value the protections of the First Amendment, even when they you know, uh, selectively go against us. But some do, and we filed defamation cases on behalf of other Americans um, who've been defamed by the... The, the mainstream media, because they need to have their their day in court and their names cleared. And and we're we we have a big operation going at FightWithCash.com. And anyone who's interested, check out the website. Support us where you can. Um, we we put out free content. Everything on the on the platform is free. Um, and we're uh, we're not going to stop because too many people have been injured um, and harmed permanently by by the uh, the likes of, of big tech and the mainstream media. And they need a voice. So we're trying, trying to give it to them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, when I was deleted, it was directly as a result of MediaMatters.com. Uh, no fewer than 17 oh. articles written about me on that website and just, you know, saying horrendous things, and, and especially after January 6th, and calling me an insurrectionist and uh, many other people that I respect and, and that I work with on a regular basis. So hopefully. Hopefully I have some action and I can go after them because if I owned Media Matters I would love being able to just shut it down.
1: All right. right. Now hey, well, if you got something, yeah. shoot us a note. You know how to get a hold of us. Uh, let us know what what happened
0: and we'll we'll take a look at it. And, right. and so for anyone of your audience at the same. All right. I appreciate it. Cash tell everybody one more time where they can find you. Yeah, so the only
1: place I exist on social media is on Truth Social, at Cash, at K-A-S-H. No other accounts anywhere. Every, anything else is anyone, someone pretending to be me. And, of course, you can check me out at fightwithcash.com. And I, I hope everyone goes out and helps me put The Plot Against the King in schools across America and churches and faith-based organizations across America. You can go to the theplotagainsttheking.com and pick up your copies. And if you want to buy a bulk for the schools, we will give you a big discount. Just reach out to us on Truth Social Black Cash.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Cash. I really appreciate you being here. Hope to have you back in the future.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Talk soon. All
0: right. Have a good one. All right. Thank you once more to Cash Patel for taking the time out of his day to join us on the channel. I think the biggest lesson we can take from this is that uh, hopefully in the future with additional cases, John Durham is going to take advantage of that opportunity to bring them in different jurisdictions, because as far as I'm concerned, Washington, D.C. is not the place where we're going to get justice. Thank you for being here. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.